You made that up. Will there be a little ride on Space Mountain? Hogan comes back. What the fuck are you doing? He got me all flummoxed. Where does he come up with a thousand holes? The incessant whining. Get up against a chain link fence and rake yourself across it. This guy went flash you. You are dead. This is crooked. Rice cake walk, Eddie. This place is apropos. You really agitate us. Now, nothing that happened here tonight even vaguely resembles professional wrestling. Whip them till they get their clothes on. This ain't the end. Somebody go get me a bucket. Got a right in the car and cabbage. What do you call him? Chives. To be the uh, fidget. Uh, I understand. You will have to depend on the pens for the rest of your life. Straight OG brother, is that what you're saying? Don't you worry about my hands. About time. April Fool's. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 31 of the Nitro Mania podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host. And this is the show where I watch Nitro so you don't have to. Last week on the show, we were promised yet another Booty Man and Hulk Hogan versus Arn Anderson and Kevin Sullivan match, even though they've repeatedly told us that Anderson and Sullivan hate each other's guts. And Bobby Heenan pulled the greatest April Fool's prank of all time. This is episode 31, as I said, which means there is now one episode for each team in the National Hockey League, one episode for each flavor of Baskin-Robbins ice cream, and one episode for each letter in the Macedonian alphabet. So last week in 1996, there wasn't an episode of Nitro for reasons unspecified. So it is Monday, April 15th, 1996, tax day, and we are live from an undisclosed location, and we start off immediately with Hulk Hogan. Heenan opens the show with a golf joke. Hogan is immediately attacked in the ring by Anderson and Sullivan because all of a sudden this is a handicap match because Booty was apparently injured on WCW Saturday night two weeks ago. Apparently, if Hogan wins, he gets one of their managers in the ring for five minutes, woman or Elizabeth. If Anderson and Taskmaster win, they get five minutes with the Booty Babe. So we are actively promoting the beating of women. Note that Jimmy Hart is also out there, so expect Hogan to somehow defy the odds and then beat up Jimmy Hart. At one point, Hogan throws Anderson into the ropes, and this somehow makes Kevin Sullivan sell from the ring to the apron. On the outside, Hogan then no-sells a chair shot from Sullivan. Apparently, there are no DQs here, as now Jimmy Hart is getting in on the action on the outside. The heels try for a spike pile driver, but Hogan counters and catapults Anderson into Sullivan in the corner. He then leg drops Sullivan and pins him for three. Hogan then throws Woman in the ring, then chases Elizabeth into the ring. He then asks the crowd which woman he should beat up. Think about that. He then, of course, picks Jimmy Hart. They blow a powder spot. There's a huge cloud, but none of it actually gets in Hogan's face. Then the giant comes down to the ring and chokeslams Hogan, which he no-sells. Fuck off, you stupid orange asshole. Big boot, body slam, oh my god, can you believe it. Then I actually do laugh because, for some reason, Mean Gene... Pull up your socks and get ready. ...decides it's a good idea to sneak into the ring and tap Hogan on the shoulder. Hogan scoops him up, but sadly doesn't slam him, and then cuts a promo on a mic that's not working. 
Gene says he just about soiled himself, but I can't get a clip of it because of the faulty microphone. Hogan poses, and we go to break. We come back for the opening pyro and the place cards, and now I can tell you we are in Charleston, West Virginia. This is the Charleston Civic Center. This is the only WCW event to take place from this building, and the only other televised event was some Ring of Honor TV tapings in 2012. We go to the desk and Bischoff reminds us what just happened. Heenan tells us that Savage was brought into the building by security and they are guarding the door to his locker room. Eric says that Flair is here. He and the Giant will take on Luger and Sting in the main event. We go down to the ring for a Falls Count Anywhere street fight. Great. Public Enemy taking on the Nasty Boys. Nasties attack Public Enemy during the entrance and just beat the absolute shit out of them with garbage cans and chairs. We go to a split screen, meaning that you won't be able to see anything that's going on. This is really just a hardcore match kicked up a notch. They are really just beating the snot out of each other with whatever they can get their hands on. Trash cans, both metal and plastic. Chairs, garbage can lids, tables, the barricade, everything. It's such chaos that the cameraman at ringside trips over the plastic trash can that's sitting on the floor. Once again, Nick Patrick calls a rope break because Sag's foot was on the ropes during a pin. Falls count anywhere street fight. And once again, they tell us that there is not one person in the arena who is seated, despite almost the entire front row across from the hard cam being comfortably seated. Then another rope break. For the amount of violence in this match, it feels like it's lasting a very long time. Uh, Apparently there's a tornado warning in Charleston tonight, and they're broadcasting anyways. Eric Bischoff promises to stay with the show even through power outages. Lord knows how he plans on doing that. The finish, just like every other goddamn Public Enemy match I've covered on this show thus far, ends when one member of Public Enemy puts himself through a table and gets pinned. After the match, we get a pretty cool spot where Grunge lays sags on a table, then gets on the apron, Rock charges and jumps into Grunge, and then they both go backwards off the apron and onto sags through the table. It's like a somersault senton kind of thing, except into the other public enemy guy and then back through the table. Back from break for Earl Robert Eaton, accompanied to the ring by Chives. He's about to get beaten by Randy Savage. We come back from break for the bell. Bischoff tells us that Macho Man is about to debut in a new cartoon on the Cartoon Network called Dial M for Monkey. Dial M for Monkey, as far as I can tell, is not actually its own show. It is a series of interstitial segments on the show Dexter's Laboratory. Savage appeared in one episode as a character named Rasslor. Eaton works over Savage and then taunts him by impersonating Ric Flair and holding up a Four Horsemen shirt while locking Savage in the figure four. This, of course, leads to an elbow drop and a pinfall. Savage shoves Randerson and goes for another elbow. Alex Wright, Jim Duggan, and a black guy I don't recognize stand in front of Savage. He leaps anyways, they clear out, and Eaton gets elbow dropped again. Savage then gets arrested for some reason. After the break, Sting and Luger versus Flair and giant during the break we get an ad for wcw magazine that asks all sinister like is there a plot to end hulkamania was this issue supposed to come out before uncensored anyway enter flair and the giant when we come back flair hits on deborah again at ringside at least she's standing this time enter sting and luger oh 
And we get the bell without a commercial break. How about that? Bischoff confirms that this is a tag team title match. We start off with Sting and Flair, because why wouldn't you, really? Sting needs a haircut. They go back and forth for a bit, then Sting Gorilla presses Flair over the top and into the waiting arms of the Giant, who almost doesn't catch him. Giant throws Flair back into the ring, and Flair gets mad. Meanwhile, Sting has tagged Luger. Luger then Gorilla presses Flair over the top and into the waiting arms of the Giant, who catches him much better this time, and throws him back into the ring. This pisses Flair off, and he leaves. Giant follows him as we go to break. When we come back from break, it's... As if that never happened as the match is continuing as normal. Flair gets Luger in the figure four and Woman pulls Flair's arms from outside the ring. Nick Patrick eventually sees this, but chooses to admonish Woman instead of, I don't know, breaking up the hold. Flair and Patrick then get into a shuffing contest. Eventually it breaks down. Sting puts Flair in the death lock. Elizabeth distracts the referee. Luger takes out Giant, then wanders over to Woman, who has more coffee. She hurls. He ducks. The coffee hits Sting, and Nick Patrick calls for the disqualification. Flair then tries to pin Sting after the bell. Back to the desk, Bobby has handcuffs for some reason, and Bischoff handcuffs him. Bischoff pimps WCW Saturday night, and we go off the air. I would say this was a fairly average episode of Nitro compared to what we've seen thus far, seven months in or so. Hogan beats two guys, then threatens to beat up two women, and then actually beats up Jimmy Hart, and almost beats up Mean Gene, who was criminally underused tonight. The street fight was absolute chaos, because that's what they're apparently into as of late, and for a false Count Anywhere match, it sure did seem to stay right there in the vicinity of the ring. Eaton versus Savage was a foregone conclusion, though he did appreciate the spin of Eaton imitating Flair to get into Savage's head. I'm still not sure why Savage was arrested, though, and the main event wasn't half bad. So if you go back and watch anything, make it the main event, if only for the visual of Giant catching Flair and then hurling him back into the ring, which makes Flair mad, and also Flair trying to pin Sting after the match, because it was funny. Over on Cage Match, this episode of Nitro has a 3.7 score out of 10 and pulled in a TV rating of 2.8. Now, I happen to look at the comments for this episode of Nitro, and it turns out this is actually the last match Hulk Hogan has for almost three months until he returns at Bash at the Beach. But we'll get there when we get there. Let's not rush. But with that said, last week we were promised some crazy stipulation from the Booty Man, and this week there isn't even a Booty Man. Tell me his crazy stipulation was not winning team gets to beat up the manager of the losing team, because even for Ed Leslie, that's just fucking stupid. Sadly, we still have about four months left of booty before this gimmick disappears. Meanwhile, over on Raw, still taped the night after WrestleMania from San Bernardino, California, we get the new New Generation logo in the For Over 50 Years clip instead of the original logo. Mark Marrow defeats Leaf Cassidy by pinfall following a sunset flip. We talk to Diesel on the phone. Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is still Million Dollar Champion and still accompanied by Ted DiBiase, puts Bart Gunn out with the Million Dollar Dream. Vince talks to Jim Cornette and Vader. Goldust then gets stripped of the Intercontinental Championship after a shady finish to the title match between him and Savio Vega. There will be a rematch next week. Finally, we get video of and an interview with an extremely grumpy post-Iron Man Bret Hart. During this interview, Bret says this, and I know that I don't usually play clips from Raw because this is really a Nitro show, 
but this seems important. I could could never ever see working for uh, another organization because I think it would be a step down. And uh, you know, as I understand, there's certain uh, wrestling organizations that th- seem to be throwing a lot of money around. Uh, but I'd like to make it very well understood that that I'm not somebody that's greedy for money. I'm always uh, I'm, I'm a person that's greedy for respect. And uh, the only place I'm ever going to get respect is in the World Wrestling Federation. And with that oddly prescient yet also completely wrong statement, I can say that this episode of Raw has a 3.08 on Cage Match and brought in a TV rating of 3.1, beating Nitro for the second week in a row. Third, if you count Raw running uncontested last week. And on that note, that does it for another episode of Nitromania as we march ever onwards towards Slamboree. Uh, I would love to hear your feedback on the show, either on Twitter at NitromaniaPod or by email at NitromaniaPod at gmail.com. Please check out all the shows here on the Rundown feed and all the shows on the Questionable Endeavor Network, like this one. Oh, Pedro loves tuning Japanese. What say you, my friend, Menchi? And I guess I'm here, too. You're looking for wacky reviews of anime? Check out Tuning Japanese, a podcast for three dudes in the thirties talk about anime. Only on the Questionable Endeavor Network. Do they drink too? Not a little bit. I do. <laughs> if you'd like to support us, we would really appreciate it. A one-time donation can be made by going to PayPal.me/RundownWrestling. Or you can make monthly donations by becoming a donor at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. If you want to see me live and in person, that is certainly an option. Just come on out to Lucky Pro Wrestling Homecoming on Saturday, February 24th at the Elks Lodge at 128 School Street in Clinton, Massachusetts. That is all for this week. I will talk to you again next week. Please have to start getting better at some point, right? Feel like that. I feel like we're turning a corner sometime soon here. Let's find out together, shall we? Next week on Nitromania. <laughs>